Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. everyone and welcome to the helping friendly podcast happy new year i'm megan i'm here with jonathan we have entered into the 40th year of fish just so incredible and after this weekend it really feels like just an awesome time to be a fish fan and i'm feeling like really this huge sense of gratitude and togetherness it's kind of cheesy but i'm leaning into it i was talking to jonathan <laughs> before we went live and it was very I was crying during the show of life encore on New Year's Eve and I was listening at home. So I can't even imagine what it was like in the room. So Jonathan, I'm so excited to hear about the show because you were in the room on New Year's Eve, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, just Jonathan, a little. A little bit. <laughs> I'm skipping to the end and we haven't even started yet. <laughs> um, Jonathan, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm 
Great. Happy New Year, Megan. I'm sorry I didn't get to see you. Uh, I go all the way to your town to see a fish concert, and you're, like, blowing it off that night. So lame. What's up? I know. It's so I mean, lame. I can't I imagine did, why oh. you might have been tired. <laughs> I know. Well, it wasn't the tiredness. I had plenty of energy. I would have kept going despite my lack of sleep. But family family called, so I had to make the trek up. But I did get to see two nights, and I am really happy with the shows that I saw and still kind of – rejuvenated and glowing from that experience. It was just phenomenal weekend of music and just community. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Lots of great music. Um, kind of, I don't know if surprising is the right word because it's fish and fish tends to deliver for new year's. Um, I know we did, uh, like last year we did, uh, spent a whole lot of time talking about new year's shows and MSG shows and all that stuff. And, um, I think the consensus was that like, they usually do pretty well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> exactly. that happened here. <laughs> um, yeah. And they also do well at MSG, which yeah. we also talked about a lot last December and yeah, they deliver there. And I feel like they had something to say about just who they were and who they are at MSG and who they deserve to be. So I thought that this weekend was a real statement <laughs> and it was really yeah. exciting. I think they uh, gave us what, what we went, were looking for. So I, I, I was at home, as you say, I just saw the fourth night, uh, which was pretty good. Spoiler alert for anybody who's not caught up. <laughs> um, but I think the big thing to look at is how, they came out and played four complete shows. Duh, of course they did. But I think four distinct shows as well. Mm -hmm. They're they're quite different. Every morning I looked back at the show, if I hadn't listened live, and I didn't listen to most of it live because of things in life, just part of why I wasn't there. Um, and I felt pretty good about what I heard. Like, And that's after the first night, after the second night, third night, and um, yeah, on the train home after the fourth night, I felt pretty good about that one too. So, how, overall, what's your what's your sense here? Without I like doing final strong. takeaways or whatever, maybe, but yeah, I think it was a really, really, really strong run. I think it surprised a lot of people. I think the first night was better than people expected, and I think the second and third nights were contenders for the best night of fish all year. So, I think it was just an absolutely incredible run. And then I think the fourth night, the gag seemed just super special and memorable. And I'm really excited to get into it. But I think overall, what stood out was just the energy and inspiration from the band. Yeah, it turns out um, they're still a pretty cool band. Yeah, turns so. out. <laughs> despite the torch passing conversations and despite everyone saying they were going to go see other bands on New Year's Eve because like Fish is over. I think Fish came back and showed why, um, you know, they're not to be missed. Fish isn't over? No. And they oh, never went okay. anywhere despite oh, texts right. I received saying that they were back after the second night. But <laughs> they haven't gone anywhere is what I've always been saying. It's true. They've been there the whole time. Well, yeah. it's like we discussed, uh, was it last time uh, when I might have mentioned, yeah, we were doing our, you know, favorite things, favorite shows of 22 so far, which our lists may have changed. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, I called somebody out for not enjoying Dix as much as maybe I did. Yeah. Um, you know, Dix was pretty good. And this, this is good. 
also good. I think if you liked that in September, then you know there's no way you you, you shouldn't have enjoyed this show, these shows. So well, these uh, were considerably better shows than Dicks, I think overall. I, I would say a, again, I think you're underrating the uh, okay. That seems fair. Dicks shows a little bit, but <laughs> but these were good <laughs> shows, and I think these maybe maybe a little more consistent. But I'm not a big rank. In fact, I I want to tell you about a thing I thought of. Uh, on uh, on the way up to New York City. Yes, please. On the train. I was thinking about I was thinking about fish because I was going to see them and I was thinking about how some people uh even some people that we love like to rank fish, like to rank performances by fish, rank songs and all of that. And you know I'm not into that really. I don't like to rank things. I don't really like to say this is better than that. And sometimes it's glaringly obvious that something is not good, but that's that's different. Um and also not super common with fish. I will cite yeah. at least one thing from this run though with that. But um <laughs> to me and this is this is kind of what I've been doing kind of unconsciously for a while, but this is my plan going forward, I, again, no ranking from me. Uh, to me, fish is pass fail. Fish, mm. if they collectively cross a, a number of bars or metrics that cannot be spoken or understood or explained, so don't ask. Or just listen to the, the show's good. try to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk. We could talk about the things in general terms, but not. Not. No rule is fixed. Yeah. Uh, I agree. No lines are visible. Um. You know, and 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 nobody's lines are the same. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like so everybody else can apply hard. this uh, way of judging or enjoying is probably a better word because that's what it's for. It's not about judging. It is about enjoying fish. And some nights you may come out and not have enjoyed it, but if they're improvising, uh, jamming, having fun, you're having fun, playing good songs, some combination of these and some, you know, if you put them all on their own individual bars of a pie, of a, a bar graph, you would see some days this one's higher and some days this is higher. And it doesn't matter if it accumulates to a good show in your heart, then it's a good show. And I don't care what somebody, whether it is a better show than that show from last Thursday or that show from back in April. And I say April. Oh, they did play April this year. <laughs> they did. Or May, or whenever they didn't play. You know what I mean. I'm not trying to call out specific shows. Um, it doesn't matter if this show is better than that show. What matters is that you had fun, and maybe you want to do it again. This is true. That's all that matters to me at this point. And, and maybe that means yeah. I'm not a great fish podcaster. I'm okay with that. <laughs> still are. Uh, I don't no, aspire I to that. It's just a thing I do. No, it's perspective. And I actually talked about that in the review that I wrote for fish.net about the 1230 show in that for me now, I appreciate fish in a way that I never did when I was young and saw the kind of the golden age of fish, right? I saw right. 95, 97, you know, those years that people talk about are like the best years of fish, but I didn't appreciate it. I like how you it. skipped over 96. I mean, I saw the most fish I've ever seen <laughs> in 96, teasing. but it wasn't I know a you did. Year. That's why it's super know, funny right. that you skipped it. <laughs> but the best year... 
probably in my fish life was 96. Like that's when I had the most fun, you know? So it just goes to show you, but I do think that I appreciate it. And a lot of people in our community, I think appreciate the music now and the experience in a way that they didn't when they were young, if they were going to see fish when they were young. And that's just something I've been thinking a lot about. And it made me really feel just really open this weekend because I think my first night that I saw on the 29th was so strong that it's like, I couldn't go into the 30th being like, Oh, the show, I hope it's awesome because I just saw an awesome show the night before. And I think it just released me from these expectations that we usually have in a way that was like totally freeing. And then I could just go in and turns out they played a killer show on the 30th, but I was cool with whatever happened. Like I was just going to dance and have a good time. And it was just it really made a difference, and um, I'm going to try to keep that with me. And I think that's kind of what you're saying too, Jonathan. Is that like it is? Uh, yeah. Two things. One, uh, our good friend Brian from Attendance Bias Podcast has a comment here. A lot goes into better, though, and this is kind of what I was saying. But he he adds an element that I didn't mention. So he says song preference, jamming amount, expense socializing, mm. etc. And I want to say socializing is big. I like to, I go to shows by myself, not infrequently, or I'll go to shows with friends and then end up by myself for a lot of the time. And I really enjoy that. But also I really enjoy being with a good crew, which I had on new year's. God bless the pog family. Um, Birdman, pie guy, Scotty, crazy Dave, etc. I'm not leaving anybody out intentionally it's just the list is really <laughs> long we had a big group and they were all awesome and it was so much fun um the other thing i want to add is um i was finishing my my dinner my pre-show dinner on the concourse so on the moment on, on the concourse without a mask and uh a guy comes up to me and says oh you got any you know plans expectations what do you think is going to happen tonight and i was like i don't remember exactly what i said but it was my usual kind of thing about no expectations, you know, they're playing really well. I imagine they'll probably play really, really well. What's up, Benji? Um, and, uh, and his name is Will Rubenstein. And he said, Hey, I really like listening to you guys on the podcast. And, uh, and so I'm saying hi to Will right now. Um, well, and, uh, because he, that's kind of goes to what you were saying. It's expectations will ruin a good time anytime. So beware. Totally. And I have to say one of the best times I had socializing this weekend was we had a happy hour, Osiris, at the Bar Moynihan, which is the new spot, the new Pensy, the new place to hang out before the show. And it's it was, it was really great. And we had so many people come by and just get to meet so many people that I have known on Twitter and just people that, you know, I've been wanting to meet. And it was super fun. And I just appreciate everybody that came by. And it was great. We also had a really cool event with Relics Magazine that we did on the 29th. So we were at their studios. So Eggie, right? Eggie there. Yeah, it was mm. awesome. And Eggie, were, they were such nice guys. Amazing to see them like just really close up in this small environment. And we had an awesome little crew watching, and we got to do an HF Pod recap with the editor from Relics, Mike Greenhouse. And then we got to interview Eggie, and they played like an hour and some for us. It was great. And How they do you had um, Marlo that all into Melt. an afternoon before a show. Didn't you have a concert to go to? It was so tight, Jonathan. I like got into town <laughs> at like eleven. I like grabbed things, ran over, had some lunch, went to the studio, went, I mean, it was, it was frantic, but it was super fun. The whole weekend was 
crazy, but so fun. So thanks everybody that supported all those things and watched the, the Twitch Relics show and came to the happy hour. We appreciate it. It was really fun. Awesome. So yeah. should we, uh, should we talk about these concerts? Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Let's start with this is going to be one. interesting because night one, I watched a lot of it from home, oh, but good. not all of it. Um, but I've listened to it. So we should, uh, and I, I listened to it driving through, uh, Virginia into the mountains on, on, uh, Thursday. So had a, That's a really awesome. good focus. Listen. So, uh, why don't you, uh, take us there? Yeah. So set one, set night one. one. I mean, of course they opened with buried alive cause I'm not there and I've never seen that song. And of course they open with it. I was just like, thank you. Perfect. But really this <laughs> is the perfect opener. If they open, I mean, I've said it a million times. They open the show with it. It's going to be a good show. They open a run with it. Look out. Um, I agree. There's one exception to the open the show rule. We all know it. We'll leave it alone. Um, <laughs> good example, though. I mean, this one, uh, Barry Live, kicks it off. It was a nice version. I will say that Wolfman's brother started slow. And I don't I mean like... I, I hang on. I'm not here to shit on it. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm working up to that. No. Um, okay, good. <laughs> it started slow. It started notably slow. And my first thought in hearing that was, and this I heard, by the way, I didn't hear this live. I was listening to this in the car on Thursday. I think I texted you when I heard this. Uh, my first thought was Fishman is, I hope Fishman is ready for this. Cause you know, we had a surgery earlier in the, in the fall after Dick's and, um, at that moment, at the beginning of Wolfman's, I was worried. Wow. By the I end of Wolfman's, I wasn't that. too super worried. Yeah. I mean, you never really have to worry about Fishman, at least not in the rest of the run. It was incredible. I actually thought the Wolfman's tempo was maybe intentional. It was just so funky, and I thought it was super cool. It had this, like, very relaxed feel, almost like a 97 feel to it. I was into it. I really liked it. I thought the rest of the set was strong too. We've got Maze, Sigma Oasis into NICU, really well-played Steam, Tila, which is always special. And I know there's always like a bunch of people in the audience that are waiting to get their Tila, you know, or haven't heard Tila since oh, yeah. 93 or 94 or something. So I feel like anytime they play Tila, it's just like a special moment, the best cooldown song. And then this stash to split open and mount. And all I could think about was you, Jonathan, when I was listening to this. Honestly, <laughs> this is like for you. All right, these two so, songs. I just think so much about you when I think of these two songs. So I want to hear well, what you think. These, these are like things I've talked about all year on the show. Buried Alive is something I always talk about on the podcast and I have for years and how it tees up something. And obviously a lot in the past year I've been talking about Stash, and the, including the last episode, Stash. Was yeah. Open and melt. Um, this Stash opens up into this major key jam, which is – Maybe not the thing that I am signing up for when I say I want to hear Stash go long. Yeah. But I would not turn this one down. This is a great version. Um, it really gets out, goes up, major key, as I said, peaks hard and finishes nicely. And then they go right into Split Open and Melt. Now, this I was watching live and uh, I, I was digging the stash. I was commenting it to on it to my wife. She was ignoring me as she does. And I was like, God, this is so great. And they finished it. I was like, oh man. And they drop in a split up in the middle. I was like, oh shit. 
And I guarantee exactly. there's at least a percentage of this, the MSG said the same thing. Oh, shit. Here we go. And it got yeah. dark and weird. And that's what it's supposed to do. Which is and just how you like your split open and melts, right? Yeah. That's my shit. I mean, yeah. that's your shit. So it was so <laughs> awesome to hear that. I just thought about you and I knew you were so happy. I also just think this combination is such a power move. I don't think it's ever been played back to back. And they are just so really? powerful. I don't know. At least not in a very long time. If um, only there were a way to find out. Yeah. If only. We can look we're gonna, that up. We're, we're going to go to the charts, but why don't you um, tell us about – Oh, so uh, if, for everybody watching at home, we got the first half of like a page um, uh, rig rundown too, which was very cool. Those I think of all – those have popped up on YouTube. So uh, if you were at the shows or not paying attention – get out there and check it out. Um, yeah. Did you know that was going to happen? I didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden it just like popped up and I was like, what's happening. He's just so adorable. Yeah. They've the done those before. Up. Yeah. And uh, with Trey, remember Trey would get that weird mm -hmm. eyebrow smile yeah. thing in his, <laughs> that everybody remembered. Um, and uh, yeah. And they're really cool. And uh, yeah. Keep doing that. I want, I want Fishman's next. I want to hear Fishman talk about his drum kit. Um, yes, that would be so fun. I would love that. Maybe, maybe he'll do the next one. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Okay. I don't even know anything about drums, nor do I play them, but I want to hear Fish talk about his drums because I imagine he's very into them. Um, yeah, and just funny. Anytime Fish talks, I feel like it's always like hilarious. He always says absolutely. Funny. Yeah, so that would so. be great. So yeah, then set two comes up, and um, we've got free into wave of hope into its ice, into leaves, into simple, to plasma, into twist, into hood. And then an encore of Esther, 46 days. I remember my friend who was at the show texted me after and she's like, I don't think they have anything left to play. Like, I feel like they played every major song last night. And it's like, <laughs> of course they do, but it really, it, they were dropping some pretty big bombs. Like the first night, the simple and hood on the first night is kind of like, okay, you know, it's big. Yeah, no, it is. And, and this one, like, Free is good. You can tell they're there to play. Didn't yeah. go long. Uh, Wave of Hope. That one's pretty good. This kind is my of, jam of the night for sure. There you go. Yeah. So it's a rager. Um, I really love the transition to It's Ice. Incredible. It's a true transition. You start hearing Trey kind of lean into it, and then they go without like, well, no rip chords. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's like not forced at all. I, right. I it was interesting when they started with free. I thought, is this going to be one of those awesome 4.0 frees? Because I feel like we've had some that have just been so good and interesting. And um, it wasn't that it was well played, but it wasn't that. And the wave of hope, though. I mean, this song is just. I don't think there's any song with a better like batting average. It just always jams. And this jam was interesting throughout. Like really, really great, pretty jam and probably the only one that I've returned to since then from the whole night. The only thing I've replayed. Well, that's not true. I played the stash and the split open and melt, but beyond that, those are kind of the three things that like stood out to me. In the show. I think the set uh, stands well as a, as a piece. Um, I, I mentioned the transition. It's ice leaves is I think well-placed um, mm -hmm. good, simple rolls nicely into plasma um, in the twist uh, and then Harry hood to close. How can you go wrong? Um, oh, and then they encore with Esther. 
I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. And they played Beautiful. Esther and MSG in April too. That's They're just like not bringing fair. Back. I know. It's crazy. They're bringing it back. And it's it's really great. Another special song to hear. I'm sure there's people always chasing that too. So I think yeah. overall, this is a really good show. It's rated 3.748 on fish.net. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it a rating right now. So we're gonna yeah, push bump that, that up, up a little, little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I it's between you and me, I've been and everybody listening, I guess. I've been doing that as we're talking about shows and I find I haven't <laughs> rated it yet, which is most of them because I don't really I don't come here to rate things, but I'm like, yeah, I got I it up. Click on something. I um, love it. Yeah, they should okay, give so me the power you- to give half stars. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like four and five. Those are very different, right? Like right. it's a hard yeah. Five is a pretty strong point. absolute, but sometimes yeah. if I see something uh, really underrated, I will go high, but yeah. try not to. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a an argument to be made that night two, 12, 29, 22 could be a five-star show. This show I thought was fantastic from scentless construction to jams to just flow Everything to me felt in the pocket this night, and I'm excited to dig into it. What were your kind of general takeaways for night two? Well, I'll tell you, Megan. Um, first, let me finish pouring this yeah, delicious that was amazing. beer by whom we are not sponsored. But just for the old school folks, I got a little Samuel Smith's winter welcome. Oh, my God. I just um, need like an oatmeal stout and like my patchwork yeah. dress, and I'm back on there you go. Cheers. That looks beautiful. Um, Cheers. This is a good show. I mean, yeah, you can make that case. The rating is high, is is high, and it's deservedly high. Um, Fluffhead with a jam. Twenty two minutes. Again with this jam yeah. out of Fluffhead, uh, unfinished, but okay. And then into your pet cat, outstanding. Love it, love it. Good bathtub gin. Into Hey Stranger. Um, I'm a little mixed on that particular song, but cool. And then into Tube. This is the only thing I question here of this set because um, they just played Your Pet Cat, which is built on what is essentially a tube jam, at least rhythmically. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you feel like it's too similar? I'm surprised they played it in the same set. But then again, mm-hmm. maybe they just wanted to get back to that groove. Half the time when Trey wants to get back to the groove, he just teases your pet cat and whatever song he's playing. Yeah. But um, but I like Tube as a song. I like Tube as a jam. I don't think it's bad. So uh, cool. Um, Slave, did you notice somebody said this to me on uh, whatever night New Year's was, uh, but that afternoon that uh, the Slave, they rushed the intro. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I didn't go back and listen since they mentioned that. And I'm not sure I heard that. Um, maybe they did. And then. Uh, I don't remember hearing that, but, you know, I'm. I, <clears throat> I felt like also the, the, the blaze on might have felt was kind of like they should just end the set with Slave. Slave is awesome. Just end the set. Come back, play I a longer set. So. But I have no, to say, this blaze on is great. I mean, I'll go back to the beginning. I think Fluffhead. This jam is so good. It's like sultry. It's really got a nice groove to it. I thought it felt like when they were jamming this, everybody was looking around like, okay, like this is actually, the show's going to be pretty fucking good. It's on. 
It's on. Excuse me. My dog agrees with that too, apparently. <laughs> the dogs agree. Well, they were afraid you were going to mention a pet cat. and uh, Yeah, and exactly. They just didn't. <laughs> it just, they dropped into that. But the jam, yeah, they, they held into that jam for so long. Um, it's it's really good. Uh, and I want to hear more about what you say. So I hope those dogs yeah. are going to settle yeah, down. Yeah, I know. I'm like, somebody yeah, just talk over them. It's fine. There. I'll just talk over it. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going into this show super pumped. I haven't seen a show since Atlantic City. And I was just very, very excited to to see fish again. And we had this event beforehand with Eggie and I was just kind of rushing all over the place. And then we finally met up with our crew and we get in and turns out Matt from Osiris is going to be hanging out with us. And I got to spend the whole show with him and we have never spent a show together and we had so much fun. And we had our great spot up in this section where we have lots of dance space. And so this fluff had just kicked off what I thought was going to be an amazing night. And Your Pet Cat's one of my most favorite songs. And to hear them go into that so kind of like effortlessly and funky and just it's like, yes, it was such a rocking dance party. And it was a jammed out version of Your Pet Cat with this huge peak, like this monster, yeah. monster peak, the end. And I remember at the end, everyone's looking around like, what song number is this? Like, this is the second <laughs> song. That just seems crazy. And then they go into bathtub gin and again we're building these soaring peaks trays just like really really making these gorgeous huge huge peaks that were just beautiful really perfectly played bathtub gin page sounded amazing throughout the whole time i agree about hey stranger it's i think they did a nice job with it like considering this has only been played acoustically it made a nice transition to an electric show they sounded confident doing it it didn't sound like hesitant or weird and it had a nice landing after the gin peaks, but um, it's not my favorite song, but I think maybe it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, Tube, though, yeah, felt like a nice answer after that because it was just kind yeah. of like a, you know, like, a, okay, let's let's start this up again. What were yeah, you going to say? Um, I think, oh, I was going to say there, there's one of the sections in that song was really, I was really feeling in Hey Stranger, and, uh, and I hope that they lean into that and find comfort in the rest of it and make it, you know, kind of keep at it, keep trying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but two is definitely a great one to pull out after something that may have been, uh, you know, a dip in energy for the band and the audience. And, uh, and uh, you know, they can always drop into that and everybody's ready to go. Yeah. We were in the bathroom the end of Hey Stranger, shocker. And my, and that we could hear the beginning of tube and we're all like, okay, let's go, let's go. Like dry your hands on your pants. Like, let's go. You know, (laughs) it was one of those kind of moments like tube, you know, um, short and sweet slave. Um, but I really love this blaze on it's only 10 minutes, but it has a crunchy, like monster jam. This is the first time we started to hear some darker themes. And I agree with what Brian Weinstein saying is this set really did have a set to feel. It felt like kind of felt like the beginning of set two with that fluff head, your pet cat into gin. That's like 45 minutes of like a lot of really, really good music. Six minutes and 41 seconds at slave. I mean, is that the shortest slave ever? Like it's, it's very know. short. I didn't even know they could play that song in six minutes. <clears throat> it's pretty impressive. <laughs> is it? Um, I think it's like eight minutes. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's not impressive. <laughs> yeah. Let's um so set two uh opens with David Bowie and then everything right into You Enjoy Myself to Ruby Waves and the Lonely Trip, back on the train into Character Zero. And the encore is Gaiuti and Possum. 
Let's talk about that set two. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Bowie, the first set two opener since 11-14-98. That's a long time. 14 minutes, just gorgeous. Fishman absolutely delivering just an absolutely uplifting, beautiful jam. Fishman sounded incredible. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the Bowie jam before we go any farther, though. Another thing I have said stuff about this year. Um, just a this little Bowie bit. jam, it, I mean... This is a good Bowie. It is not the deepest of jams, but it's a good Bowie. And it's well played, well put together. And I think it lands nicely, um, which, of course, they keep doing this. They're going to they're gonna rip one wide open again someday soon. So That's exactly right. This is like, I think this is a trend. Like, everyone we've heard is just like a little bit more exploratory than the last one. Like a yeah. little bit. I almost feel like they're just like, working their way slowly up to that to that one that's just going to bust out so it's going to happen like, hopefully when we, you're we there. would never we would never hear this from the band but it wouldn't surprise me if well other than the fact that i don't think they'd ever say it um that they maybe felt like they had mined that vein too mm. much back at a certain point in time um and too much is the strong phrase anyways but they had definitely done a lot in david bowie over the years and so uh leaving it alone setting it aside for a bit that makes sense but it's time you guys got new sounds new energy yeah jordan is correct the alpine bowie was great uh we talked about that um last episode i believe um i think i did um and <laughs> And uh, yeah, this is a good one. And let's, you know, let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Um, and then they play Everything's Right, which, you know, speaking of songs with a high batting average, right? Absolutely. And this is a unique, expansive jam. Made me feel like I was underwater. There was just this kind of like bubbling feeling to it. I love this song. I love when they play it. I feel like it always leads to interesting places. And I thought it was really well placed here. I was not expecting Yam to come next, though. I really wasn't. That that surprised me. I, I think it's great placement. Um, I like the jam and everything's right. I think uh, you enjoy myself right here is really good. I think I might have dozed off um, on the train or wherever I was listening to this part of this set. But I, rem I remember Ruby Waves. I know I played the set through. I didn't just go to Ruby Waves. But I don't really remember anything unique or in particular about this you enjoy myself do you have well yeah there's one unique thing in that they didn't go back to the instrumental jam after the vocal jam which the first so time a standard they unique that. thing yeah a regular yam <laughs> and it was interesting because rj came up and joined us during the second set in our spot so rj was hanging out with us during the set which is so fun i love to spend shows with rj and he turns to me right when yam started and he's like i'm gonna go to the bathroom during the vocal jam and I'm going to be back for the other, the, like when they repick up the instrumental jam. And I'm like, Aww. I'm going to do that too. Cause that is a really, really good idea. And we both did that. And then we both came back and there was, there was no instrumental jam after, but that's fine. Cause it was still a short vocal jam, which is what I really want. But um, yeah, it was a well-played version, <laughs> nothing great, but they've played it. This is the sixth time since they played it at Rock Lit It's the last like fake New Year's. And this is the first time it didn't have that instrumental jam after the vocal jam. So maybe we're back to like regular yam now, like who knows? You never know. It's normal days once again. 
<laughs> exactly. All is all is back to normal. <laughs> yeah. And then Ruby Waves. I mean, yes, please. Another song that just always they find their spot, you know? Yeah, it's uh pretty consistently a ripper. I think the one in Raleigh wasn't particularly long, right? Mm-hmm. It was Raleigh, one in Raleigh. Um this one is this one goes about 16, 15, 16 minutes. There's a heartbreaker jam in there. Uh it's I guess it's more of a tease, not really a jam. It's really just Trey going at it and but it's it's a pretty shreddy version really high energy um our friend brian says this is uh probably the highlight of the show for him and uh, Ooh, i think that's yeah. fair it's a good highlight to pick um i might and i and i'm gonna do this now because uh, i don't really have a lot of notes for the rest of the show except for one major thing that's not my highlight uh it's uh so yeah i think the fluffhead might be my highlight from this show uh, but Ruby yeah. Waves is great. Bowie's great. Really great gin. Um, Fishnet cites a Dave's Energy Guide tease in there. Mm-hmm. But we all know those aren't real. So <laughs> Exactly. I thought this Ruby Waves was amazing. It had a really, really strong, authoritative, driving jam. The rhythm section just fully leading it. I thought it was amazing. I was looking back at RJ a lot and being like, what is going on? I mean, this set really, the whole show to me was really, really, really impressive. And to land after in Lonely Trip is just the absolute best ballad. Lots of hugs, lots of like, yeah, this is what it's all about. You know, just the good vibes. And then we get a absolutely rip roaring back on the train and character zero. I mean, they literally just set the place on fire during those. I, I think I was surprised at the energy with that. I've been learning a new kind of dance, Jonathan. It's called shuffle dancing. And it's like <laughs> this hip hop dance that's really fast. And I was able to do a lot of practicing on it this weekend, but especially during this back on the train. And I was so excited and I was doing all these new dance moves and it was really fun. So I really enjoyed this part. I remember looking at the stage during Character Zero and Trey is just like fully, you know, doing his crazy solo. And at the end, he like, jumps back and like throws his hand off the guitar and the guitar kind of like jumps up. It looked like it was on fire. Like it was just, (laughs) it almost looked like the solo played him. I mean, Trey was possessed during the show. I thought that he just sounded so inspired, so motivated. I think overall playing with all these younger musicians has been really inspiring for Trey. I think not because he's learning from them or anything, but just because he loves playing music with people and loves connecting. And I think that that's been really inspiring and, you know, encouraging him to spend a lot of time practicing just because he's inspired. So I think we're getting the benefits of that. Yeah. I think he gets off on that energy. Um, Do we want to comment on Gaiuti? We have to, because this is like the one moment of the show that wasn't like, I think absolutely perfect. And that's okay. Cause that to me is like what fish is about. We can laugh at ourselves. We can have a moment of brevity and like, you know, laugh, but yeah. Yeah. This one, I think they probably <laughs> left the stage feeling like really amazing after delivering the show. And we're like, fuck it, let's do Gaiuti, you know? And then they came out and they were like, we maybe should have rehearsed that a few more times. That's, that was my feeling on Gaiuti. Yeah. They, um, Yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were pumped, and they were like, "We're gonna do Gaiuti," and it turns out maybe that wasn't quite the uh, the 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 
maybe Trey wasn't channeling the precision energy um, that he, he th- might have thought he was, or maybe he was just too pumped. But then they wrap it with a possum, and you can't go wrong with possum, and they don't. Um, and, uh, you know, overall, really good show. Yeah, really great show. Possum was an absolutely way to burn down the house. And I just wanted to put up this quote from Matt Higgins. He said, um, what a run. 1229 had the best show opening 45-minute stretch since 10, 28, 21 in Vegas, in my opinion. What a show. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Solid. Solid. It was a really good way to kick off a show. Yeah, definitely. Thought it was great. And then we head into the night before the night. My favorite night of fish. The holy night of fish. That's only because I, you didn't go on the night. Come on. No, I'm it's just true. Kidding. No, I, I often It's a long hill position. I know. And I don't go on the night often. I haven't seen that many New Year's Eve fish shows because I, I just... There's something about the 1230 show that I just... I like that show better. But... I also have to be with my family on the 31st, so it's not really like – it's kind of like a forced thing I have to do. <laughs> but so it's, it's I think – sour grapes is what it is. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's those grapes. New Year's shows aren't all they're cracked up to be. Yeah. I like to go to the regular two-set shows and just hope they play <laughs> something good. But you know what? They did. <laughs> they they did. did. They did. And I was sure super enough. happy with it. This show was so fun. And yes, we've talked about it, but being at the bar before was just – magical. And it was one of those nights I was texting Brian, telling him that it was one of those nights where you just are in the right place at the right time all night. Like, you know, you want to see someone and you didn't see them. And then you actually run into them right there. Like Matt Higgins. I just ran into him, even though I was, hadn't seen him um, right before the show. And I was like, Matt, it's Megan. It was just one of those nights where I kept running into people. I was in the right place at the right time or you'd like get lost from somebody and then you'd magically find them. And it just felt one of those nights when everything seemed to be working out really well. And um, we have a, a listener who, No Man's Jams, that says 1230 is the psychedelic celebration of the year. I I didn't know this, but I'm super on board with that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And I also like your name because No Man's Jam is my thing, which we're going to get to talk about in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, if, if 1230 is your, your psychedelic celebration of the year, then what are you going to do on the next night? You got to go like extra hard. So be careful how those things stack up because, you know, January 1st comes around no matter what. Yeah. And then back to work on this third, maybe what, what day is this tomorrow? Yeah. Whenever tomorrow is. So I hope everybody's going to be fine for that. Um, but yeah, I don't want to talk about that, Jonathan. I really don't want to talk about going back to um, work tomorrow. Yeah, I just learned my son doesn't have to go back to school tomorrow. Son of a bitch. What's up with that's not fair. I got to work. He gets the, another day. So not cool. Anyways, let's talk about this first set down with disease into yes. the MoMA dance. I knew you were loving this. Uh, pebbles this. and marbles theme from the bottom and Ariba, the howling foam antelope. I mean, were you exhausted by set break? Dying. I was actually exhausted 14 <laughs> minutes into this down with disease. Like not even like I, this down with disease hit so hard. I thought it just totally delivered. I love this as an opener. I just think it's such a, like a power move. And 
I turned to my friend and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up. Like, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot for me. This downward disease was like galloping this jam. And again, on the backs of Fish and Gordon, like they were just completely delivering this super, super awesome jam. And I'm interested about what you think about this turn mic up thing. Like, I agree that I, I think on the live Fish recordings that I've noticed he, he hasn't sounded loud enough to me. In the room, I didn't feel that way, but yeah, I was when I was in the room, I was right behind Mike, so I had no trouble hearing him. So, yeah, proximity helps. Um, I hadn't really noticed a big problem on my like live fish, like listening to it through my you know, my phone because I account for the fact that you know, you lose a little of that here and there just from compression and whatever. Um, I've heard people comment on on the uh, live streams, and I didn't watch them. Like this night, uh, no, what did I do this night? Twelve thirty? I don't know what I did. I hung out with my family or something ridiculous like that. Um, it was insane. Oh no, it was Friday. Yeah, Friday. I hung out with my family after brewing beer, so I might have had a few drinks early in the day and was just sitting around and didn't listen to the fish. I listened to this on the train on the way up the next day. That's a really nice thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun, you know, just to hear what you, uh, what you missed. Um, but it is, uh, it's this good down with disease. What are, they, they, they get right into it. It's like, they, yeah. they're like, you know, we remember how to jam because we did it last night. So let's do some more. Exactly. Like, We're just going right to right, right into right it. And the MoMA too, it's immediately like this layered, stunning jam right out of it. You know, this is my song. I was so happy. Anytime I hear MoMA, I'm just, I'm just happy. This is like one of my top five songs. So it was a great version too. And amazing how they can make a ballad work in slot three, like maybe because it's well, Pebbles and Marbles, but I really yeah, think Yeah, because it it's not... It, I mean, Pebbles and Marbles says more than ballad. I mean, it's got some That's intense... True playing and i i'll tell you what this next like this three song stretch here um particularly given the the playing of these next yeah. three songs are something i really would have liked to have seen um pebbles is a song i always want to see same theme I mean, is a song i'm never seven times right theme is a song i'm i'm, I'm never upset to see because i like it but if they're going to play it like this they should be doing it in front of me Sorry. Yeah, this is totally Nothing a your personal. style theme. That's no, my stuff. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what a cool, unusual version. Loved it. It's one of the longest in history. It's just under 15 minutes. You never expect this song to go weird. Like, I mean, it's got a weird vibe to it, but this song just reminds me of like 95. And I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's something that I just expect to be like the short song. I don't expect it to be this, you know? It's always it's had this potential, though, yes, and and at the same time, like in '95, when I'm hearing this song, I was thinking, why don't they like really, you know? Yes. And they and were doing like that even with that. with some of those new songs. Like uh, I saw them do it with Free that year, and they could mm -hmm. they could have done it, but they didn't. And uh, but they did on the 30th of this year, and uh, yeah, it's really dope. And it goes into Reba, which is yeah. gorgeous. And it gets like, Gorgeous. before we go into the Reba, this theme, it, it's such a funky jam. And Trey was doing like all these effects and it has this like big evil spaceship landing at the end, which is just so cool. And like, 
just unexpected. We were all like freaking out when this is happening. I mean, this is definitely yeah. my highlight of the set. And it was just totally blew everyone's minds. And then this Reba is absolutely flawless. There is nothing, nothing like being in Madison Square Garden and hearing Trey nail Reba. This is the 400th time the song has been played. I mean, that's amazing. And it was crazy. Perfect. Yeah. I just, you just get to float in that Reba part. And it's just so, it just feels really special to hear that song. And every time I hear that, it's like accessing like a deep part of me. And I just always think, you know, I'll never know when my last time I'm going to hear Trey play Reba live. And so like every time I hear it, I'm like, I just feel grateful. It's so beautiful. It was perfect. I think that's the right way to take it. Yeah. Um, so then the last uh, triplet here, we have the howling, which they've done great things with. Um, yeah, fun. And this is a, I mean, it's its not like it's a big jam, but it's a great dance party. Um, totally. And to a ripping foam. Very and good Antelope To just shut, out, shut down the set. Um, hot, and I don't know. hot little set what was going on during Antelope, but people were going crazy. I mean, the crowd kept going nuts. Like it was just this energy surge. The crowd just kept like responding and it would just, I don't know. There's something about this Antelope that just really built up and the crowd was just like whipped up into a frenzy. I have to say, I don't, I haven't felt the energy like that at MSG in a long time. It was like really through the roof, the whole, those two nights, the 29th and 30th that I was there. And I just, this antelope, I don't know what was going on, but it was the perfect set closer. Everybody was just like, wow, at the end of that. It was great. Awesome. I, I, yeah. I don't think I need to follow that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and Will, Will notes, uh, The amount of energy in the room during antelope was gigantic. Yeah. So right, confirmation. Um, exactly. Not that anybody doubts your word. Um, set two. Um we don't really need to talk about this. I mean, there's only just yeah. a few songs and uh, <laughs> I don't think it's really important in the canon or the weekend. Um, no Men in No Man's Land, Golden Age, first cover of the run, Sand, If I Could, I Always Wanted It This Way. Um, Megan, do you have words for this set? I do. This is the best set of the run and... I always wanted it this way. You know, this is like how I want my fish, right? Like it's No Men and No Man's Land, one of my favorite songs to hear. It's just always has this dancey groove. I love the jams that they get into out of this one, out of the song. And this one, especially Mike is just like leading this like sick baseline, dark undercurrent feeling of a jam. And then you have this tray who's like, always like sunny and, you know, heading toward the light and you hear them like battling and it's just searching and beautiful. And I feel like this is the moment when I realized like how patient they're all being and how much they're listening to each other. And then you've got these like lovely tonal peaks and this exclamatory ending. This is a really cool jam and a beautiful way to start the set. I don't think I can add to this. I will say I was tracking this set list from home and they were on sand and I, I don't want to think I jinxed it, but I'm, I see that they're on sand <laughs> I, and I looked at the time, which because I'm there, it makes sense that I'm looking if I'm at a show, I'm really not looking at the time, but I looked at the time and I thought they could go one more and have a four song set. It's completely reasonable at this point to think that because it's mm -hmm. getting late. Um, 
because the golden age is big. Yeah, it's really big. The sand is big. And also, let's just say, almost equal in time and duration. Yeah, they're like exactly almost 18 minutes, right? Weird. Yeah. And a beautiful landing into, if I could. Uh, but backing up on, with respect to the sand, um, I'm pretty sure that our friend Brian Brinkman sent us some comments. We haven't really touched on his comments too much. Oh, yeah, but, we should. Uh, he, he said of 1229s, the most fun he had with fish all year. But of this sand, he says it, he feels that it is some of the best jamming of the year. Showcases maybe something of a new direction in his mind. Um, I, I, what, what, what do you think? New direction? I mean, great jamming, unquestionably. Yeah, I, absolutely. I was noticing during this jam that Trey was like perched on his pedal board. He had like his right or left leg, one of them like up on it, like half bent. And just like he was playing very like like forward facing, like very like hungry feeling, very like leading. And there was a lot of focus. Like it was, he was just standing in one place. It was really incredible to watch. I thought this jam was super textural and driving Paige on the organ a lot. I'm not good. Like Brian is about thinking about like the big picture of things while they're happening. He has like an uncanny ability to do that, but I can see that. I mean, I thought this jam definitely was probably the jam of the second set, although I love the snowman's jam. Um, but I think the sand is is fascinating. I listened to it again today, and I also agree, Jonathan, that the landing into If I Could is so delicate and effortless. And this is the best ballad. It's so beautiful. It's such a good song. I still haven't seen it in a long time. Um, but uh, if this sand is the sound of 2023, I might go see them in 2023 <laughs> you might okay well might. i'll keep you to that yeah yeah no this is um, it sounded amazing i do want to talk about i always wanted it this way because i always wanted it this way um you i did. have said You've many times that i want this song to break open uh they've closed with it a few times closed sets with it a couple of times but this is the longest one yet it is, and it's the one that actually gets out of its shell. A um, couple of the other ones kind of start to go, but they don't quite really, they don't really go type two. This one starts to, it just, they just crack it open a bit and end big. And yeah. this song, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling all of you right now, this song has a 25 minute jam potential be it a set closer or not i i, I could open it i could hear them open a set with it too by the way um but i think it's a great set closer um if they go along with it and uh and i they dem they proved me right with this one it doesn't it's just under 15 minutes it sounds longer than that though like it felt longer yeah. than that in the room it was like a journey it was the ending was just thrashing like tremendous peaks it it really felt like this whole set was just like one big mic drop and this song cracking open like that and I knew you've been calling for that so I was thinking about you and I was like this is crazy it was it was amazing <laughs> I thought it was just cool especially because the song is so funny in the beginning it's just all those like synths and like I don't know it just has this like funny it makes me laugh a little bit and then to have it go somewhere very serious was really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, it, it's got a, 
dancey electronica vibe at the yeah. you know, score and uh and but then Paige's ballad singing on top of it is it's gorgeous yeah. and yeah what a great song and an outstanding version and then a straight ahead chalk dust torture encore to send you stumbling into the streets of Manhattan. There's nothing else to do after this except play Chalk Dust. Yeah. yeah, just rip it up. And it's, you know, when they came out and played it, this is my last show of the run. And so when they play that, you know it's only going to be one song encore. So you're like a tiny bit sad, but like it was such a ripper and it would just destroy the room. I mean, everybody was just screaming. There's yeah. nothing like seeing MSG where everyone's screaming together. It's just really yeah. exactly yeah, like exactly. all the white lights and everybody just like feeling that way. It was it was the perfect ending. So I think overall, this is the best show I saw. Well, I don't know. I'm torn if either the 29th you don't have or the to 30th. Decide. I don't, but two of the best shows I saw all year, for sure. Right on. So before we get into New Year's, should we talk about, um, I mean, I, I don't know if we actually have a paid sponsorship to this this episode, but we have uh, good friends who uh, are known as to us and to you as Sunset Lake CBD. And they are, they are great folks. They... Uh, have an organic uh, hemp farm, and they produce their own CBD. A farmer-owned, Vermont-grown is their uh, is their their tagline, and it's a good one because they they grow it all, and they trim it all, they process it all, and they ship it directly from their farm to your door. And they are amazing. And I have a, like a little for anybody watching, you can see this, but I have just like a little sampler that has literally just landed on my door today. Um, you know, they they sell flour and this is cbd hemp flour if you're looking you might can see it in that jar it's beautiful green stuff there you know the salve which i've talked about a lot this stuff i use this on my hands i've got arthritis this helps a little and uh it's great uh hemp salve um let's see what else we have oh these are your thing right here megan the sleep gummies which have cbd and cbn and melatonin those things are the uh, best they're red. And these, I've never had these. The Good Vibe Gummies, 30 milligrams CBDs, 3 milligrams THC. Check this out. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I had to like, I'm. Boop. those are on my kitchen counter. And my husband was like talking about them. And my kids are like, what is this? And I was like, okay. Yeah. Just and of course, they do it. CBD oil if you're uh, inclined to get into the CBD oil at varying strengths. This is the 750 milligrams, you know, little dropper bottle. And uh, they have some with uh, flavors. This one's mint flavor they have a citrus which uh which i like actually um and this i uh this is new to me this is kind of nice maybe this is a holiday thing i don't know hey how about it um cbd chocolate chocolate fudge fudge. no this is i mean i'm gonna have to be careful because we got a bunch of fudge downstairs and this this is not the same but um (laughs) how rad is that it's not like the other yeah right um sunset lake cbd you know we uh we love them, and uh, they're great, and you can find them at uh, sunsetlakecbd.com and use our code HFPOD. What do people get with that? Is that 20 20% off your whole order. 20% off your entire order. And I'm going to tell you again, I've said it before, uh, when you order from them, they ship quick. Like, if you order today, you're going to have it. I don't know where you are, so I can't tell you when you're going to have it. But you're going to have it quickly because they get right on days. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know I can get it in a couple of days. So, and I'm I'm just down here on the East Coast. Um, so, 
uh, they're great and we love them. And uh, happy New Year's to our friends over at Sunset Lake Craft CBD and to you guys. And speaking of New Year, should we should beautiful, we talk about beautiful this show? transition, Jonathan? That was well done. Wow. It's like I've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, exactly. Let's uh, let's get into this show. Twelve thirty one twenty two Madison Square Garden. You know the place. You know what happened. So okay, podcast over. A lot happened. A lot happened. A lot happened. Yeah. Um, so talk talk to me a little bit about your experience going in. Like this is your first show of the run. Right. You get to go up with your friends, big crew. You know, it's funny. I, I, you know, I did. I, I went up. A friend of mine kind of contacted me kind of late and said, "Hey, you know, we've got another ticket. Come join us." It's like I got. I need a place to stay. It's like I got a. I got. I got an extra bed in my hotel room. Boom. Okay, I guess I'm there. So I take the train up. Get into New York like one thirty, one forty five. Truck down to the hotel. Grab a bagel on the way. Eat that at the hotel, half of that at the hotel, stick the other half in the fridge, go meet up with my friends. And they are, uh, they're having a good time and getting excited. And uh, we hung out for a little bit. And you know what? I left the hotel, I left early. I was like, it's six, we were a block away, block and a half away. It's 628. I'm like, I'm going in. I won't have to stand in line. I'm going to go in. And uh, left almost everybody walked over with Crazy Dave. What's up, Dave? Um, and uh, you know, got walked right in. Got myself a sandwich. Met Will. Had a good time getting ready. Got psyched. We were sitting behind the stage, real close. Like I was in the second row behind the stage in the corner at one eleven. If anybody knows nice. one eleven, I right like those behind seats behind Fish the stage. and Mike. I love it at back MSG. there. Yeah. And we noticed right away that they had risers behind the band, which, you know, are not always, not usually there. And and we could see certain other elements covered in cloth and some things back there, um, some colored guitar instrument type gear and stuff like that. Give us some inkling. We could see the, the box, the cube. Maybe it was the ninth cube. I think for that's time fair. travel after all. It's one of those cubes hanging up there above the screen. We could see Trey's green platform and started to formulate a little theory about what was going on. Um, it really came together before set three started. Uh, but yeah, I want to say I really love that they had that platform up the whole run and they had like like a mannequin up there so you could see someone's feet and like it looked like there was a body up there the whole run. It was really funny. Right. Yeah. So set one opens with Tweezer. Like we knew Tweezer was coming, right? Yeah. Set one is, uh, you know, like talking about what's happening, what's going to happen, what are they going to play? Of course, this was all the talk before the show back at the hotel and whatever. It's like, well, Tweezer is pretty much a given. Um, uh, So is Mike's song, maybe? I hope they don't break it up. I I know I said that. I was like, I hope they don't break it up. If they're not going to play Hydrogen, just don't even play Mike's. Um, And some people got frustrated (laughs) with me for saying that, but I mean it. That's a consistent position of yours. That's a consistent Um, position of yours. Yeah. And we do all kinds of things with it, but just get the hydrogen in there. And um, and I, you know, call for say it to be Santos. And I had a little debate with uh, with Gavin about, you know, it, it, he hates Santos. And I was like, dude, it's, it's 
basically a character zero vibe. Just go into it like that and you, you'll be fun. fine. It's yeah. a silly song. It kind of rocks, you know, a lot of shouting, a lot of oh, yeah. oh, oh sounds, you know, enjoy it. Um, <laughs> he seemed to have fun when they played it. He was right in front of mm-hmm. me. Uh, anyway, so Tweezer, uh, they come out and they, they, they play Tweezer, Megan, to open the show. It was really good. Um, it's a good we, little jam. I mean, we were looking for it, as I say, but they came out and they really did it. And it was not, it was 14 minutes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like super long. Um, I feel like there should be, I haven't gone back to listen, should be maybe some kind of arrow after Tweezer and Haley's Comet. I didn't feel like it was like full stop and the new song, but maybe I was just in the moment. But Haley's was cool and definitely had a great segue into Set Your Soul Free, which I did not see coming. Um, and it also kind of stretched a little as we kind of expect that song to do, right? Um, and, you know, we were we were rocking. Let's just be clear. Like, and I, we were not alone in this. You can really feel the floor move at the back there could feel the venue kind of and we were riding the groove um of the room and and they went into rift and i i had two thoughts when they went into rift one was i hope they don't fuck this up and the other it's always was, what you think when they play rift me too it's just like oh god do good and the, yeah and the other was fuck yeah rift um mm-hmm. And uh, and so they played Rift, and it was great. It was great. I I have no problem with this Rift. Um, and then uh, in Cavern, okay, kick ass, Cavern, we're rocking. And that dropped us back into Tweezer. I love this second Tweezer. Right. So let's talk about that because they drop back into Tweezer. They play the riff, and then they like boom, deep. They're just they're in it. Like we don't, you know what this song is. We don't need to mess around, and they didn't mess around. So it's like amazing. it's six minutes long, and you know only I don't I, I I didn't track the times, but they're in it. They're in tweezer proper structure for twenty seconds. You know they just like this is tweezer by the way. Boom, weird. Yes. It's amazing how they can do that with tweezer. It's so great. I love it. I love and it. And then shade, love shade. Love shade. Beautifully placed, I think. First real ballad here of the night. And uh really nice tender version. Um and then Mike's song. And this is a straight ahead Mike's groove, right? Yeah, Nothing's extended, classic. no real jams per se. But um I am hydrogen. <laughs> Was beautiful to see uh i have i don't think i've seen 10 of them mm. despite all of the <laughs> thank you per despite all of the mike songs that i've seen um and uh this one was really good the last peak trey really kind of leaned into the swell yeah turned it up right on that note and it's oh and then slamming the height weak pog and we threw down some more. And I think a couple people were like, set's over. It's like, yeah, it's a little over an hour. We got a schedule. That's what I yeah, said. It's... Yeah. I got a schedule. This is going to happen. Yes. We could have all danced for another hour. Um, some of us, this guy, 
might have needed a break. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought this was a really, it. really good set, though. I, oh, it's, it's an funny. outstanding it's set. It's really good because I listened to this set. I was out with my family for dinner. And so I came home just in time to see set three. And so I listened back to set one and two the next day. And it's funny because during the Haley's, I found myself tearing up during that line, what is the central theme to this everlasting spoof? Because it's just a great line, but it also just resonated with me about how, like, you know, you get into fish because you like the music and it's silly and it's joyful and it's fun. You go with your friends and it's a yeah, good time. Yeah, you're like partying, right? And yeah, and it's just like this everlasting spoof, right? It's just like this big joke, this fun thing. But then it's just become so much more than that with this, like the way the community's grown and how it's so interconnected. And now we have all these like inside jokes and it is like so many things are just like one big joke to us, which is why it's like so hard to explain yeah. the gag tonight, right? Or so hard to explain so many things about fish because it's just so layered and connected and inside insidery and that line just hit me so hard and i just thought like just got me in my feelings so You're that right was on. my way when i when i listened back but yeah i thought the jam in set your soul free was awesome and i again love that second tweezer jam and just the classic mics the week sounded like a little bit slower to me which is good i like it that way but i know some people don't but i thought sometimes they really play it there. so fast you're gonna sprain an ankle and I don't like that because it like I don't know how to dance that fast. I'm trying to learn, but I don't know yet. So I appreciated it. Yeah. They um my my some of my friends were confused by the duration, but I think honestly mm. they would have been confused by lots of things at that hour. So uh, you know, I just told them, <laughs> it's cool, they'll be back. Hang on. And they were. Keep it rolling. Yeah. So what did you think of set two? We've got a Santos opener into 2001, Kill Devil Falls, Mercury into Light, into Waste, Drift While You're Sleeping, Backwards Down the Number Line. So they, they opened with Santos. I'm down with that. It's fun. 2001 was oh, such a good drop into 2001. We were ready for it. We were hungry for it. Um, and... It was good. It was, you know, not 10 minutes long, but nearly. And so we really got to spend some time in there. There was a couple of bits that were a little uh, unusual and a good unusual. I haven't gone back to re-listen to this set. Um, but they then they found their way into Kill Devil Falls after the peak. And Kill Devil Falls has a little jam. It's a good little jam. I, I really enjoyed it on the night. Um, I look forward to going back to it. Uh, I will not be going back to this Mercury. Megan, so tell me muted. why. So, yeah. yeah, tell me why. Why aren't you going back to this? I feel like Trey lost his place there. Um, mm. And it didn't, It. they were not, they were not together. There was something not going right in Mercury. So they bailed. Yeah. Um. So they bailed and they played light. And light was good. Light, you know, stretched out a little bit, not super deep. I think there's some clock consciousness here. Um, and Trey just kind of leaned into theme a little bit after that. So, yeah. and I don't mean the song theme, of course. I think I think the gratitude theme uh, here and light is, a, is part of that. Light is yeah. really like the beginning of Trey's 
actually light and one other song that I'm going to get to or the kind of the, where the beginning of Trey's like gratitude songs, songs yeah. that are about looking to the light and such. And pretty much the rest of this show is about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what stood out to me too, was that the beginning of the set was like a dance party that then turned into like this, like really reflective, like, yeah appreciative feeling yeah which you know sometimes works really well and sometimes doesn't um i know that brian said about this set um that this set is one of the worst new year's eve sets i've ever heard he was shocked at how disconnected the band was though he says it makes sense post gag so yeah i think that the um i think really the mercury is the only thing that's really wrong with it um, other than the fact that the bar was set high the previous couple nights and on the first yeah. set, um, light, I think they get back on track. They play well together. Uh, they're playing against the clock though. Um, goes into waste nicely into waste. I was surprised to hear waste, uh, in one set after shade because, uh, you know, waste shade is really like grown up waste. Um, <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Drift While You're Sleeping. Uh, some people do not enjoy that song. I enjoy, I I love the intention of that song, possibly more than I love all of the segments of that song, but um, that's that okay. Makes sense. And then I, I like that song, but I, it, I get it. I get why people don't yeah. love it. And then the number line was great. And I can tell you that, you know, I was with, people that I've known for a good long time now who've known each other for even longer. Um, and there were a lot of hugs in my section when number yeah. line came on. Um, and, and then it was time to get ready. So we, yeah, Jordan Sheldon is correct. Uh, uh, Santos and Mercury we kind of call back to previous new years. Um, and I, I want to, <laughs> I like this comment by the incredible perp shade is the sequel to main street by Bob Seger. It is not, <laughs> it is not what it is, is all of those main street quotes that people have been marking on fishnet set lists for the past five, six years. They're actually shade quotes. It's been shade all along. And Bob Seger was trying to write shade and he freaking can't. So get out of my face with you, Bob Seger. I like, Sorry, I don't this. like that guy. I like you, Perp, not Bob Seger. Um, anyway. That's awesome. No, so the, it's true. Uh, I think that like yeah. what also what Jordan is saying here too about the ballad songs being just a weird choice for New Year's Eve. And like, you know, after having been to New Year's Eve Fish in 2016, I understand that sometimes like slower songs aren't really, it's, you have to really make them work on New Year's Eve. Otherwise it's hard because people are, in a certain mind state and they're partying mm -hmm. in a way that they don't want to reflect slowly a lot. So I think that like having waste shade drift while you're sleeping, you know, all of these songs, it, they spread them out. Not. I mean, drift while you're sleeping also has some fast bits and some really cool bits. Um, if you don't try to wrap your head around the lyrics, you could do fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, depending on your state of mind, if you know what I'm saying here. So, uh, but yeah, so the break comes on, happens, and they immediately get to work prepping the stage and moving things. And we're sitting in the, you know, right there at the edge, right at the edge of the behind the stage. We could see all of the action. 
things like they're not uncovering everything, but they're getting it ready. And then they move the the thing in the place with the big switch. And they, you know, uh, and we see people over here. They're just they're a choir. Holy shit, there's a choir. But wait, there's some guys who they look like barbershop quartet. There's a band. You could see them before. You could the see people started. in That's the cool. wings, and like. And and I sat and I explained to Pie Guy and uh, Birdman, my good friends. That These are just really epic names. I have to stop. That's just yeah, they're pretty that's, epic. That's Do you have are. a nickname um, in this group? Before we move on, do you have a nickname? Well, th- these are handles from a, a, a message board, right? So they have real. And what names. was your handle and your message? On <laughs> I'm Road Jimmy, then. so they all call me RJ, oh, which still, is especially weird That's when I show so up funny. to a room. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, not okay, important. Sorry. So, it so was we're watching. Me, but okay. <laughs> it's okay. We're so we're watching this, and I explained to them. So, and I explain. I mean, I I make this all up, uh, and and I'm the sober guy in this group. Like completely, and I'm like, oh, so what they're doing is they're 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 calling back to all the previous Halloweens. They'll do like the little Bohemian Rhapsody, and they're going to do you know this, and they're going to talk about the platform, and they're going to you know, and I just kind of just spout this BS for three minutes, four minutes, and they're like, right, that sounds great, that would be amazing, okay, and then they did it. I mean, then they did it. Um, amazing. I, I haven't. Wa- I've listened to this, but I haven't watched videos of it. I'm waiting for Fish to release one. If you look at videos of this, and if you look behind the stage, behind Mike and Fish in the corner there, you see a guy in a blue t-shirt. There's a girl in a pink dress right beside him. Those are my friends. I'm wearing a dark colored shirt right behind them. You probably won't see me, but you can see. You them. might be able to. They spend a lot of time in that section because they have the person on the trapeze thing like the mocking yeah well that, that's yeah. just to my right so yeah so there's uh, a lot of time on the camera but, uh, you got to watch it though because it's so it's such point, a spectacle yeah you've got to yeah but um anyways how do how do i break down i i don't think i can break down all the action right no they, it's too much they start playing ghost and you know, for the telegram guys come out and and they do their thing. They start, they play Ghost. Bohemian Rhapsody with the singers was amazing. And they changed the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, we're all singing along, but then they changed the lyrics. That was really um, cool to, like, it was Ghost. So that was really cool. That was so neat because I remember stuff, I was at that New Year's in 96. And I just had a crazy experience that night. And I was like alone because my boyfriend got kicked out of the show. And so I was alone on New Year's Eve, like when they were singing Bohemian Rhapsody. And I was just like crying my eyes out. (laughs) So when they started playing that, I was like, okay, well, here I am in like a better state of mind. And I can enjoy this this time. (laughs) But no, I thought it was great. I think the whole concept of this you know, going back in time and Trey saying that he wishes he could do it all again. And then, you know, first of all, trying to do them like by highlighting certain ones, like on the time machine thing, it splashes like 95 and then it's like, oh, nine and 13. And then how, you know, the wombat breaks the time machine. And then it just is all over the place and everybody starts coming from all these different New Year's. And that was just such a fun, exciting thing. Was it a wombat? Was, or it? was it a little squirrel? Wombats don't have tails like that. 
I don't know. I don't know what a wombat tail. looks like. Oh, okay. they're 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 cute. You gotta Google that when we're done. It's <laughs> okay, so cute. I will. And, I and, thought it was and wombat. Just, interesting side note: when they poop, it's cubes. So really, okay. Well, so yeah, Jordan's yeah. telling me it was a squirrel. Okay, thanks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, without getting too far into it, you know, the band comes out on the, along the sidelines over on page side and I could see them walking. And, uh, and I saw, I saw my friend Greg when I was watching the band, he was straight across. I looked straight past Mike out to the, out to the floor. There he was probably with a great crew. Shout out to those guys. And, uh, yeah, uh, old Lang Syne, uh, the, the Wilson thing with the, the guy on the platform takes his uniform, you know, the jumpsuit off and he's, he's Tom Hanks and they do the Wilson thing. Um, the big inflatable volleyballs with the Wilson face. One of them landed in my hands for a second. No way. That's and awesome. I, and I looked at it and I threw it behind me. Never saw one again. Um, that's so awesome. you're welcome. Whomever I could have, I could have kept that. Uh, but I didn't, uh, and yeah, you know, it's fine. I don't need stuff. I have a lot of stuff. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, I, I think the, the naked dudes coming out of the cake was probably the, like the most hilarious bit. And when they started coming out, like we were just falling out laughing and then they were, they boogied down that Karini was great. They were dancing like crazy. They came to the back and danced facing us. And, and and weirdly, it was like we were down to just the naked dude dancers, but also the two hot dogs stayed out the whole time with the naked yeah. dude dancers. Just so you know, like it's not quite noted up there. Um, but yeah, it was it was so fun. And New York, New York. And then, oh, let's just drop back into tweezer a little bit like really okay cool then they fell into caspian and um pie guy hates caspian he's one of those fucker pants guys you know he's yeah like, ah. and he sits down and i start laughing at him and he got, gets right back and says, i'm just kidding and he i think he even had a good time during that uh, cross-eyed was a groove i know i can't believe they had the energy groove. to play cross-eyed painless and piper which is an incredible version of Piper this late in the night. Incredible version of Piper. I mean, so, what? How, like, how do they have energy to do this? They're amazing. Let's look at it this way. So we had a big spectacle of a show, but if you go back and just listen to the music, it is a party. It mm-hmm. is a dance party. We were having a great time. They were having a great time. There was stuff to look at, but even if you listen to it on the tape, I think you can get a sense that it is just a party and they were soundtracking a really good party um they took it down a little bit with a life beyond the dream uh which i get it because i think that you know this whole thing as i said in set two i think that you know there's a sentimental aspect to this it's not just oh let's look back at all these things aren't they fun but after first tube and before the encore when trey talks about that um you know i you can really get how gracious and appreciative he is of uh of everything and we're appreciative i 
think they know. You know, there's always somebody who's, you know, taking things for granted and it, I don't advise it. Um, just as you said during, you know, when you were talking about Reba, you don't know when it's your last Reba. You don't know when it's your last New Year's show. Um, and uh, and so that no. was the most heartfelt and I think most appropriate show of life that I've ever really experienced. Um Brian cites a very good one, 2013 Jump Truck set. Fish love sentimental time travel. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I guess they do. It's, it's interesting. So I would, if I were a time traveler, I would be going to dead shows I never went to. Fish was like, I'd just like to do it all over again, and uh, that's kind of rad. Right. I know. Brian Brinkman actually was saying that too. That this New Year's Eve gag reminded him of 2013. You know, it's just hearkening back to the jump truck and then thinking about the beginning and all that's happened since then. And I think that they are, they're really good about that. And we are all nostalgic. That's why we love this band. So many of us that saw the band in the nineties, because, you know, it allows us to feel the way we felt when we were teenagers. And that to me, that nostalgia is a huge part of why I love fish. And I think it's true for them too. You know, I think yep. it's just, I, I thought the show of life was great. Like I mentioned in the intro, it, it made me cry just listening back afterwards and just thinking about, yeah, how, how fortunate we are and how special this is and how much fucking fun it is. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the jump truck New Year's Eve is really fantastic. Really great. <laughs> special stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I've said this on the podcast before, and I actually said it in the hotel room before New Year's when we were just speculating wildly about the gag and Somebody said, yeah, well, they should do one where they have four stages, one in each corner of the uh, the room, and they're each on it. And I was like, well, that sounds cool, but they always play better when they're pushed together, whether it's under the, the hourglass or on the jump truck. Yes. And I definitely say the jump truck um, uh, or the haunted house. Um, I think that, like, pushes them, uh, A, out of their comfort, but closer to one another, and they focus in on the business and uh it usually works out storage well. jam mm -hmm. yeah storage jam um but back to something else you touched on you know that we're all kind of fish fans are programmed for nostalgia and i think ritual um i it's a it's a thing i see in so many fish fans uh at least the serious ones um these kinds of massive appreciation for ritual and uh, observing and creating ritual um it's primal and yeah and and fish gets it they're into it too and this is a perfect example of that and uh what a great great night what a great band what a great year um, yeah that's what and, you know uh, that's what i kind of took away from this is that i took away that they're the band's inspired right now. The experience that they have of 40 years, you know, being rehearsed and being confident enough to take on like this, you know, big run at MSG and crush it. And also I think MSG, like they love this venue. It is their most played venue. They've played it the second <laughs> most anybody in the world now. And 
there is something about playing at this venue. The staff, the people that work there, I'm just going to shout them out for a minute because their professionalism is on another level. Every single person who works in events should have to go and train at MSG with the staff, whether it's like the people in the bathroom explaining to you how to make sure the toilets flush to like them constantly cleaning the bathroom so they're not disgusting. There's you know, everybody that works concessions. They put so the things happy. down out in front of the water fountains so they don't end up with, you know, floods. No other venue could figure that out. Come on. I mean, it's Ugh. it's like they've thought of everything and they're constantly trying to make the experience good for the fans. And they love it when we're there. The people that work there always say to me, like, you're our nicest crowd. We love when you're there. There's just such a good vibe that goes on at MSG. So to me, it was like, you know, all these rumors of the of another baker's dozen or a sweet 16 or whatever they're thinking of doing. It made me think that it's true because they came out and they were like, you don't want to miss us in this place. You don't. And let's, let's add to it a couple more things before we wrap this up. The, um, the lights, like everybody knows at this point that Corotta designed the lights for the Rangers. And so when fish is there, he controls all the lights in the room. And I mean, they even had the lights around the box seat portals you Those know, were awesome. Synchronized. That was amazing. And they have, and now they have the sky cam, which is swooping in for the video stuff. Like, come on, this is like hockey game coverage. Um, and so even the people at home are getting the benefit of this special relationship. And I know people are talking on social media about the uh, MSG entertainment, uh, facial recognition stuff. Um, and I get that, but, um, I'm not in a lawsuit against MSG entertainment, so I don't expect they're going to stop me from walking in and I intend to do it again. Uh, maybe this summer. Maybe, maybe I know that, um, I'll definitely be trying to go to as many as I can and, uh, I'll squeeze as many of you in my house as I can fit. How about that? (laughs) Save a spot for me. You got one. Um, right. Amazing. Well, we did it. And thank you so much to everybody that was in the chat. It was so great. So many of you I saw this weekend and that makes me so happy. And those of you that I didn't get to meet, I hope I'll meet you soon, maybe this summer. And um, yeah, we'll be back next Monday. Jonathan, this was awesome. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks. See you soon. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, 
Kebmo, Lake Street Dive, Bay Lafleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.